From the cold foredeck of the balaclava, Alexander Herman observed that it would take a magician of stellar reputation to escape the humanity strangling the Philadelphia Lazaretto. He had been told there were such crowds at the processing station at Castle Garden. But that was in New York. Anywhere one went, the landscape was choked with people. They packed the theaters, filled the parks, and lived eight and ten to a room. At the old fort where the immigrants were processed, queues were so long and quarters so close that fisticuffs would originate among husbands and fathers angered at the proximity of strange men to their wives and daughters. He had expected Philadelphia's immigrant entry point to be different than this, and in some ways it was. Rather than a forbidding old military installation, the Lazaretto was bucolic, a series of structures in the colonial style set in hundreds of acres of farmland and decorated with manicured lawns. Its site on the Delaware River spoke more of a country estate than a quarantine station. Its weather vanes and cupolas would not have been out of place at a university in the Old Dominion. Alexander began counting the ships. There were two in front of the balaclava and eight behind, each one dutifully waiting its turn for a chance at a rickety berth. At the starboard dock, a giant, iron-hulled barkentine disgorged hundreds of steerage passengers chattering in a dozen languages. The varieties of speech aside, Alexander was amazed at how much each immigrant resembled another. The same frayed dark suits and bowler hats, the same wrinkled notes pinned to each coat, scrawled with the name of a relative or local committeeman. The women and children came wrapped in whatever would serve against the late November chill, their long skirts and trousers encircled at the hems with filth from below decks. Even the dead were indistinguishable. From a hatch on the far port side, he could see men in stained white coats removing linen-wrapped bodies from the hold. The freedom they had sought in America would now have to be provided by God, not Lincoln. Alexander had just turned from the sights of the shoreline when the arguing began. He didn't understand the words, but he knew they were in Russian. At first, two voices seemed involved, then three, then the shouting blended with the general cacophony of the lazaretto, a few more foreign souls attempting to make a point at the tops of their lungs. As he rushed toward the din, Alexander began to recognize one of the voices. It was thin and young, but with a fierce tone and a sarcastic edge that he could well discern through the chatter. Gaining the quarterdeck, Alexander pushed his way through a small crowd that had gathered around three quarreling boys. Two of them were steerage rats from Moscow or Rostov or Odessa. The third was his younger cousin. He was smaller than his two antagonists, and as dark as they were fair. But to listen to their raised cries was to believe that they had all grown up in the same town, perhaps even in the same street. His vowels were their vowels, his consonants identical. He was guttural where they were. And when they squeezed the letter Y in the manner of the steps, he choked it harder, bringing an arrogance to the dispute that required no translation. Alexander stepped forward and stood beside his cousin. He raised his walking stick. What are they on about? he asked in their native German. They saw my curly hair and the pretty clothes you bought me and called me a Jew. 
They threatened to pull down my britches to prove it. They're putting the gangway down, Julius. Let's just get out of here. No, no, leave me alone, Alex. You'll ruin everything. I've got them confused. I've told them I'm Russian, too. I don't care. Your brother told me to bring you to this country alive. Perhaps it was the hurried Deutsch, or the sweat on Alexander's brow. But the larger Russian, the one with red eyes, smiled and called out to Julius. He reached into a drooping pocket and produced a short fish blade, tossing it from hand to hand. What is he saying? Alex asked. He says if I'm not circumcised now, I soon will be. Laughing, the Russian waved the blade in the direction of the smaller boy's groin as his companions circled toward Alexander's back.